Welcome to Crazy Enough to Win. I'm your host, John Grubbs. Welcome to the podcast. So today we're going to talk about culture and why your culture matters now more than ever. Now, if you're a first-time listener, why would you pick a podcast called Crazy Enough to Win? And if you enjoy this episode, I want you to subscribe to this podcast so that you get new episodes as I drop them. So I'm a massive fan of David Friedman's work for Culture by Design instead of culture by chance. I mean, let's be honest. Most companies rarely, rarely do anything deliberately to change their culture. And most organizations have a culture, but it's culture by chance rather than by design. And I believe Friedman does a fantastic job helping companies transition abstract values, these loosey-goosey words like teamwork and innovation and communication into concrete behaviors. By the way, he calls these behaviors fundamentals. And unfortunately, unfortunately, many organizations do not understand what their culture represents to the people on the team. And I firmly believe that many CEOs have a large blind spot when it comes to culture. They are too close to see what is happening. I mean, it's like the odor of one's home. Others can smell what we cannot. We have developed olfactory fatigue just like these CEOs have become blinded to the culture that exists within their organizations. So here's the question. Can you have a stinky culture and not know it? Why does culture matter now more than in the past? And how do we design a culture deliberately? These are all great questions. You know, in life, I think we're constantly searching for more beautiful questions. I mean, the Internet has given us so much information. I think the magic during this time as humans is how do we ask better questions? And in the book, Future Focused, Shape Your Culture, Shape Your Future, The authors explore the critical role that CEOs, leaders, and their teams play in shaping workplace culture and the critical impact on a company's future. That's right. Peter Drucker, the famous business thinker, said culture eats strategy for breakfast. In other words, nothing matters if you don't get the culture piece right. And in the book, they share four foundational principles for shaping culture. And listen to these. The first one, purposeful leadership. Purposeful leadership. Leading with a purpose. An organization with a purpose. And I'm going to get more into that later in this episode. 
The other thing they covered was personal change. How are we willing to change for our culture? What are we willing to do differently for our culture? And then the third topic in the book is broad engagement. How do we get more people engaged in their work? How do we get more people engaged with the purpose of the organization, with the strategy of the organization? I'll talk about that. And then systemic alignment. Think of multiple vectors in an organization pushing against each other. It may be production pushing against quality. It may be maintenance pushing against production. It might be safety pushing against production. All these different vectors, these sub-purposes can push against each other if they are not aligned. And together, these four principles form the basis for how successful leaders and, yes, organizations can create thriving cultures. Remember what Friedman said, culture by design, not chance. The pandemic and the great resignation. If you've not heard that term, the great resignation, you must be, well, you must be hiding somewhere because it is everywhere. Everybody's talking about the great resignation. They have changed the business landscape by stirring the emotions of today's employees. Yes, the pause button created by the pandemic and the reset are making people re-examine career choices like never before in my lifetime. And if you followed my work for any amount of time, for years now, I've discussed the pending death of transactional management. And you might say, what is transactional management? Well, it's simply pay for work. Well, I believe the final nail in the coffin is here. If you're a transactional manager, if you think pay for work is enough, here's your final nail in the coffin. Because employees want more than a paycheck to stay with a company long term. They may be transitionally employed with your organization, but if there's no purpose, they're not likely to stick around. So here's the big question. What do they want? What do they want from you? What do they want from your organization? Besides a check, everybody needs a check. Everybody has to pay bills. Everybody has to feed kids, pay a mortgage, pay for college, pay for a vehicle. Everybody needs a check, but they can get a check in other places. What do they want? Hmm. With the emergence of Generation Z, also known as Zoomers, workers more than ever want purpose in their work. And you can laugh at this notion or take it seriously. You know, you think of generations in the past. You get a paycheck. What else do you want? And the purpose of work used to be the paycheck. But employees today desire meaningful work and a higher purpose in life. They want to do work that matters. They want to work for an organization that matters and call it corny if you want. But that's what they want. This reality is not new thinking. Well, you might say just this new generation, they just want, want, want. It's not new. However, And I'm going to prove it to you that it's not new, by the way. However, organizations with higher purpose have performed much 
better in retaining talent during this pandemic. That's right. Higher purpose organizations are retaining more people than those without. Now, do you remember, if you don't remember this, Google this, look this up. Do you remember Ernest Shackleton's famous advertisement when he was looking for people to go on his expedition to Antarctica? Listen to his ad. This is the literal ad that many people claim was run in a newspaper so many years ago. Imagine reading this ad. See what it does to you emotionally. This is the ad. Men wanted for hazardous journey, low wages, bitter cold, long hours of complete darkness, safe return doubtful, honor and recognition in the event of success. That's the ad. Let me read it to you again. Men wanted for hazardous journey, low wages, bitter cold, long hours of complete darkness, safe return doubtful, honor and recognition in the event of success. How powerful is that? Imagine the response that that ad running in a newspaper gained for him. And I will admit, history questions whether this advertisement ran exactly as the story goes. However, searching for purpose is not new to humanity. Shackleton's ad, which was so well-received, which was so popular, well, it's proven that this enduring need for purpose is not new with this generation. And to validate this ad, one of the first books for this ad to appear in was called The Greatest Advertisements, 1852 to 1958. And it was written by Julian Watkins in 1959. And the brief accompanying text says the ad ran in London newspapers in approximately the year 1900. Now, who knows? But the story and the messaging is powerful because many people who read that ad saw it as a way to gain purpose in work despite the significant risk. And today's worker is the personification of purposeful work. They want more than the transaction of payment for labor. But get this, get this. 82% of CEOs in a recent survey named culture as a priority. And I question, I challenge whether most CEOs can link purpose and culture together to create meaningful work out of tasks that may seem mundane, boring, or uninteresting to others. Shackleton's men embraced poor working conditions as a path to higher purpose. The key to success in creating an intrinsic motivation, motivation that comes from the inside, is that which connects culture and purpose. Let me say that again. The key to success in creation of intrinsic motivation that creates culture and purpose, it connects them. It makes them part of each other. And to make this even more humorous, when the trip to Antarctica became difficult, and you can imagine how difficult it was 
during that time in history. And workers started to complain. (laughs) Shackleton made those workers sleep in his tent to mitigate the negative impact they would have on the rest of the team. That's right. The level of complaining was kept to a minimum when the boss was present and trying to sleep. What a great idea. If you have people that complain, put them in your office. Make them sit in your office and work for a while. Let's see what the level of complaining turns out to be. And I firmly believe, I firmly believe that modern CEOs can do the same by linking performance with culture. And a culture of high performance and expectations will appeal to some and not others. Let me say that again. I don't ever want you to lower your expectations when it comes to your culture. If you have a high-performing culture, it's going to appeal to some workers and not to others. And if you're taking notes, write this down. The people you fire indicates the most about your commitment to culture. The people you fire indicates the most about your commitment to culture. Because tolerating people that oppose or contradict your culture separates culture and performance. It pulls them back apart. And integrating strategy with culture is the best method to link with performance. Be intentional and consistent about showing support. Be supportive. Show appreciation. And recognize when behaviors match cultural norms. Be relentless when behavior threatens your culture. You protect it at all costs. Now, before the 2020 pandemic, an enduring study, I think it was a Harvard Business Review study, reported that 70% of workers did not engage at work. And folks, if this is even partially true, the great resignation should be no surprise. We shouldn't be surprised. If 70% of people are disengaged at work, and all of a sudden a pandemic changes everything, shakes the snow globe, we should not be surprised that people are quitting. Engagement is a critical ingredient for building and sustaining a thriving culture. And broad engagement requires everyone in an organization to live the promise of an inspiring purpose. The greatest CEOs I'm working with right now are committing vast amounts of resources, time, people, money to purpose, purpose. Now I'm about to step on some toes. And if this is your organization, I hope this makes you one frustrated enough to take action and two committed to doing something about it. So I want you to think about the typical onboarding nightmare that is common for most frontline employees. You know who you are. Your employees sit in front of a computer or television while hours of poorly made videos play merely to protect the company from future liability. And then we inundate them with piles of documents that get handed over to read, to sign, and to be returned so the new employee cannot sue the company if something tragic happens while on the job. If that doesn't make you a little nauseous, what will? There is nothing inspirational or purposeful 
about the onboarding experience in most organizations. Yet, this is the first impression made on the people you worked so hard to attract. I mean, instead of using this honeymoon period, they're so happy. You said yes. You hired them. They've told their family. They've let everybody know. They've changed their LinkedIn profile. This honeymoon period should be the best period for you to make the most positive impact. Yet, you expose them to a painful first impression of life on the job at your company. This is what they think. This job sucks already. Will it get better? Hmm. Now, what if, what if talent processes, performance management, onboarding, and training were aligned to the culture and served as reinforcement of purpose on the job? I mean, what if we're hitting them with purpose in the beginning? We're hitting them with inspiration. We're hitting them with opportunity. We're hitting them with ways to grow. What if we're using that honeymoon period for that instead of protecting our own aspirin bottle? Can an inspirational first impression replace a painful indoctrination? Yes, it can. You get one chance to make a first impression with an employee. One. And it's even worse when you put them out into the factory, into the hospital, into the office with other negative people who reinforce this first negative impression about the job. Hmm. Do you feel that? Is that your organization? To survive the great resignation, you need a strong company culture. And it would be amazing if you created a strong culture that's modeled from the organization's top. That means the people at the top are living this culture. They're modeling this behavior. Remember in leadership, it's rarely what you say that matters. It's what you model that means the most to your employees. If you want better safety, you model safety. If you want hard work, you model hard work. If you want better quality, you model quality. If you want organization, you model being organized. You model the behavior you want in your organizations. The pandemic has served as a living proof that culture truly matters. And by molding culture and leaders, organizations can shape a future that delivers both purpose and performance. That's right. If you mold your culture, if you create culture by design, if you develop your leaders purposefully, you can shape the future of your organization and it will deliver purpose and high performance. No doubt. So this podcast is for people who are crazy enough to move against the norm, to go against the grain. And by the way, if you want to reach out to me, you can reach me at www.johngrubs.com. That's J-O-H-N-G-R-U-B-B-S.com. That's my website, and I have tons of free resources for you. You can download papers. You can, you can even download one of my leadership books, and I talk a lot about culture in the book. This book sells for 20 bucks on Amazon. You can have it for free. Just because you are giving me the most precious gift 
one human can give another, and that is your time. For you giving me time, I'll give you that book. It's in the middle of my homepage. You can just click on it and download it. Uh, you can download it as a PDF file, or you can download it as a Mobi file if you read your books on Kindle. That book is my free gift to you for listening, for being a part of this podcast. And we're so blessed to have listeners all over the world that that uh, comment and make even suggestions for topics. I want you to know that I'm accessible to you. There's also a place on my website where you can join my inner circle. I call it my tribe. You can get access to information, speeches that I give that I charge others for. You can have access to those uh, resources for 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 just joining my tribe, for being a part of my inner circle. So look for that as well, because this podcast is for people crazy enough to do things others won't. This podcast is for people who are crazy enough to try things others are afraid of. This podcast is for people crazy enough to win. Until next time.